Good morning Jubilee Church. It's wonderful to be with you this morning and to be able to speak to you and continue our series on the life of David. We're in the final section of our series now and where we're looking at what we can learn from David about ourselves. And this morning we're going to look at a story from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30 verses 1 to 6 and from it we're going to think about what we can learn about how we handle suffering. Today's story comes from uh, not a very great time in David's life. Let me uh, set the scene for you. Having been chased around Israel for several years by King Saul, uh, David just takes upon himself to move into the Philistine territory. The Philistines, of course, being the enemies of the Israelites. And so David, uh, his family and the men that he's gathered around him move and settle in a town named Ziklag. And this town is given to David by a man named Achish, who is one of the Philistine kings. And in return, David essentially works for Achish, going out on raids on his behalf. Now, after about a year, uh, Achish, along with several of the other Philistine kings, go out and march against Israel. And David goes with them. Funnily enough, the uh, other Philistine kings are not super keen on the idea of David and his men coming to march against their own people. And so David is sent back home to Ziklag. And that's where we pick up the story this morning. Sarah Raybone has very kindly uh, done some sketches to help illustrate the story as we go through. So David and his men set off back to Ziklag. And what they find there changes David. This is a significant moment in his life and in his relationship with God. When they get back home, they discover that whilst they were away, Ziklag has been raided by another people group, the Amalekites, and their wives, their children, their belongings have been carried off, the town left completely in ruins. David was distraught. It says in verse 4 that the men wept until they had no more strength to weep. And then to make matters worse for David, his own men turn on him looking for someone to blame. So here we find David having been rejected by King Saul in Israel, rejected by the Philistine leaders, and now rejected by his own men, which is pretty amusing considering that they were with him because they were the rejects of society. Talk about a low point, being rejected by the rejects. Verse 5 tells us that David was greatly distressed, which I think is fairly understandable and possibly something of an understatement. I want to pause here in the story. It says that David wept until he had no more strength to weep. I recently read a fantastic book by a man named Mark Rogop called Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy on the subject of lament, how we express our sorrow to God. I really recommend reading it or you can look him up on YouTube. I don't know about you, but I am not good at lamenting. When something sad or difficult happens in my life, I like to work out what the problem is and then try and find a way to fix it. And if I can't fix it, I like to wait for it to pass by so I can move on to the next chapter. 
but I'm coming to realise that this is not a good way to live. Let me give you an example. As many of you will know, uh, my husband Tim and I have struggled with having children. And this journey has been and continues to be a painful one. And through it, I have learnt that just uh, waiting for the next thing or looking on the bright side is not a sustainable way to live. It leads to disappointment and it squashes faith. I wonder if any of you can relate to this, particularly now in this season of uncertainty that we find ourselves in, not knowing when or indeed if anything will ever return back to normal. Perhaps this time of adversity might just be an opportunity for us to learn how to weep with God and to meet him in the struggle. In the book I just mentioned, lament is described as giving a person permission to wrestle with sorrow instead of rushing to end it. I don't know about you, but that's something that I would like to grow in. So how do we do that? How do we wrestle with sorrow? Well, there's a great place to look for the answer to that question. The book of Psalms. Many of these songs, of course, were penned by David himself. And many, over a third in fact, can be described as lament psalms. In them, we can see that David's response to the sacking of Ziklag in today's story is in line with his response to many of the other difficulties and challenges that he faced in his life. So I thought it would be helpful for us to look at one of these psalms alongside today's story as we consider this question of how we handle suffering. And it is, in fact, the psalm that James Noble mentioned at the end of his preach last week. I wonder if God is speaking to us. So let's have a look at Psalm 13. I'm just going to pick out a few verses as we go through. So Psalm 13 verses 1 and 2 says this. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day long? What we see here is David complaining. Now, I am not a fan of complaining, not at all. Uh, I once had somebody send back my mango and lime chicken at Nando's on my behalf uh, because I felt it was a little bit on the spicy side, which is pretty embarrassing on many fronts. I don't like to complain. And yet, in the Psalms, we see over and over again the psalmist complaining and questioning God. How long? Where are you, God? Why? Are the common cries of the lament Psalms. We as a church, uh, a couple of months ago, we spent a week of prayer asking one of these questions as we prayed how long lord how long will we keep coming to you and praying for revival for you to pour your spirit out on this city and now of course we find ourselves asking how long lord will covid19 plague our world or perhaps how long will racial injustice plague our societies or many other how longs The reality is that we live in a place of tension. Jesus is victorious and his kingdom is coming and yet it is not fully here. 
Mark Vrogop in his book says that lament stands in the gap between pain and promise. It's not good for us to sweep our pain and our concern and questions under the carpet and to uh, put on a brave face and hope for a brighter day. We can complain humbly and honestly and we can wait, weep as David wept. Whatever difficulties we're facing, let's come to God with our questions and wrestle with our sorrows. It's not a surprise to him, nor will he be offended by it. Indeed, Jesus on the cross quoted one of the lament psalms when he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so we can weep as David wept. But, in my opinion, one of the greatest words in the Bible, but. Like David, we don't stay in a place of complaint. Let's go back to David, shall we? Stood in front of Ziklag, weeping for his kidnapped wives and children. 1 Samuel 30 verse 6 says, But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. I said earlier that this was a significant moment in David's life. He has no worldly possessions to trust in, no person to turn to, so what will he do? I think that it's in moments like this that our heart is revealed. Like diamonds, character is formed under pressure. I believe that it's David's response in this moment that helps us to further understand why he was described as a man after God's own heart. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David doesn't strengthen himself in himself. He doesn't uh, suck it up and put on a brave face. It's not about positive thinking or distracting yourself or uh, seeking affirmation from other people or eating lots of ice cream. No, David turns to God. But, but what does this mean? What, what does it mean to strengthen ourselves in God? Well, let's return to Psalm 13 and see what we can find. At the very end of Psalm 13, verses 5 and 6 say this. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Lament is meant to lead us into worship. I think there are many ways that we can strengthen ourselves in God, but let's have a look at two that Psalm 13 shows us. First, we remember. David says, I have trusted in your steadfast love and he has dealt bountifully with me. In moments of sorrow and worry and uncertainty, we can look back on our history with God and know that he is good. Every person who knows Jesus has a story to tell of his goodness. Creation displays his goodness. We have a Bible packed full of stories of a faithful God who, as the Apostle Paul writes in the book of Romans, is working all things together for the good of those who love him. We need to choose to dwell on these truths in moments of difficulty and lift up our gaze to the one who loves us and has dealt bountifully with us. I wrote something down as I was preparing for this morning and I wrote it for myself really, but I wonder if it will help any of you. <clears throat> 
How I feel does not define who God is. Rather, I will allow who God is to define how I feel. You see, it is good to come to God humbly and honestly and to weep with him. As Paul Harrison reminded us a few weeks back, we need to acknowledge that we are weak. But the point of strengthening is to end up feeling stronger. By remembering who God is and asking the Holy Spirit to flood our hearts and our minds with the truth of God's goodness and his love, we are made strong as his spirit testifies to our spirit that we're children of God and that the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in us and that, well, I could go on, but I haven't got time and it's better for the Holy Spirit to do that. And so we remember truth. And secondly, we rejoice. David says in Psalm 13, my heart shall rejoice in your salvation and I will sing to the Lord. Let's have a look at those two statements. First, my heart will rejoice in your salvation. Our God is a saving God and his plan is always at work. Now, often we don't understand why things happen, but we can choose to trust the one who does. And unlike David, we have a moment that we can look back to in our suffering and rejoice in. We can look to the cross, the centre point of God's salvation plan, and know that not only does Jesus understand our pain, but that he is victorious and has won a new life for us. And because of that moment, we can look forward and know that one day we will be in a place where all of our suffering will be at an end. So we can rejoice in our salvation. The second, he says, I will sing to the Lord. I think that singing or, or speaking out truth is, is powerful. It affects our emotions. Sometimes we have to sing to ourselves. I was listening to some uh, worship uh, a few weeks back and the worship leader said, sometimes we sing because it's true and sometimes we sing until it's true. We need to speak to ourselves and sing out praise to our God. And in doing so, our perspective is shifted. So that's some of the ways uh, that I think we can strengthen ourselves in God. We remember and we rejoice. From the story today, from this short passage, we get a glimpse into David's character. He worshipped through the weeping. I think it's interesting that uh, it says that David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. David was able to respond to this devastating experience in such a way because he had cultivated a relationship with God. The Psalms of David, like Psalm 13, they show us that, uh, that time and time again, David chose to trust in God. I said before that this was a significant moment in David's life. He's left utterly weak with no one to turn to, not able to be self-reliant. So what does he do? Well, he chooses to turn and strengthen himself in the Lord, his God. I wonder if we are in a significant moment as individuals and as a church. Like Simon Brown said a few weeks ago in his preach, it's like uh, we've been stripped right back like an overgrown, overgrown plant. And we find ourselves now in a place of weakness and uncertainty. 
what are we going to choose to do? Hide until it's over? Put on a brave face? Or will we come to God humbly and honestly and weep with him and then choose to turn our face and strengthen ourselves in our God? We're going to respond in worship now just as David did. And everything I've talked about this morning is made possible by the Holy Spirit. So let's ask him to come as Debs leads us in a song.